He's back for his second appearance on the Manlyhood Mancast. Today's guest is Aaron Walker. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast, and here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. Listen, before we get into our amazing interview with my friend Aaron Walker, I just want to give you guys uh, some encouragement and let you know that you matter, and you matter a lot to me. I really appreciate that you guys faithfully listen, that you guys share, that you talk about what we're doing here at Manlyhood. And I just wanted to let you know that you are invited to join us in the Manlyhood Man Cave if you're not a part of that. It's our private Facebook group where men help men become better men. We have each other's backs there. We ask questions. We share videos. We talk. We discuss. We give each other advice. And we encourage each other. And I'd love to have you be a part of it. So just go to Facebook. Type in Manlyhood Man Cave. And you'll get access there where you can uh, request to join. Answer a couple questions and we'll let you in. We'd love to see you guys. Anyway, without further ado today, guys, here's our interview with Aaron Walker. Aaron, it's an honor to have you back on the Manlyhood Mancast. Thanks for being with us. Josh, thanks for having me, buddy. I'm excited to be back. How are things going out there in Nashville, man? Yeah, it's really good. You know, it's a pretty crisp morning. Uh, we're recording this in the fall, and so uh, this morning I went outside, got in the hot tub for about an hour, and it was pretty chilly, headed back in. So I can't complain, though. It's really nice in Nashville. That's awesome. My wife was there last weekend, and I think it was like 101. So... <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, she needs to come back because it's about 50 degrees here this morning. So it, it's perfect. It's perfect. Hope things are well for you and PA. Yeah, things are going pretty good, man. Life is, is good but crazy, you know, uh, and that's kind of part of the fun. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it would be boring otherwise, yeah, wouldn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, all we can do is do our best to manage the crazy. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be yeah, here. I am too. I, in case our guests uh, haven't tuned in to uh, our other podcast with you, which I'd encourage them to go back and check out too. Mm. Um, maybe you could just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, native Nashvillian, uh, 62 years this March. I've lived in Nashville. We're three generations deep here. Uh, owned a number of businesses. Uh, I retired about 12 years ago and called it quits. And my wife said, uh, that never works for you. And so I started coaching a couple of guys, fell in love with that process, started doing podcast interviews and God just continues to bless us, man. He keeps sending us people today. We have 15 mastermind groups. Uh, we have 150 men, uh, from five different countries around the world participating. So we're having a blast helping people level up in every area of their life. And so that's what I get to do each and every day. That's amazing. Yeah, there's something rewarding about being able to help somebody kind of break into that next level of their life, right? Yeah, well, when the light comes on, it's pretty cool to be standing there watching it. You know, when people level up, being a dad, being a man, being a husband, uh, 
entrepreneurs, you know, small business owners, uh, C-suite level executives, man, when the light comes on for those guys, it's fun to be in the room to watch it because they're a better man as a result of it. Yeah. So obviously that, that wouldn't be something that you would be doing if you hadn't had that poured into you as well. Right. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's been probably over two decades ago. I was at a concert. A um, friend of mine came up to me that I've known for years and that I had been doing some work with uh, sponsoring his show, he invited me to join his mastermind group. And uh, I didn't even know what a mastermind group was at the time. And I said, man, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. He said, man, it's where we get together. We level each other up. There's a huge amount of accountability. You have new perspective. You get new insight. Uh, we really challenge you aspirationally to choose goals. We study together. You know, we pray together. We walk with each other through difficult circumstances. We vacation together. We do business together. And I'm like, man, sign me up. Like, if it's that kind of thing, like, yeah, who wouldn't be interested in that? And what I found out is that isolation is the enemy of excellence. And if you really want to excel in life, you've got to have trusted advisors, and so I've been meeting in a mastermind group every week now for over two decades, and it's radically transformed my life. And that's what I'm trying to help others do to transform theirs. As you're describing it, I think a lot of people might think of something like this as, oh, this is something that will help me with my business or help me with my career or whatever. But it sounds like you're talking like whole life kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Josh, where that came from. Um, when I was a young guy, uh, you know, most of the people I teach now are young guys. When I think of young guys, I'm thinking 30, 40 year olds, you know, I'll be 62 in March. But, uh, I came home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And my wife walked up to me and she said, this is not exactly what I signed up for. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what? Well, look what I'm doing. I'm providing a great house and we've got a vacation home and fancy cars. And she said, all oh, that's great. And I'm very appreciative, but like you need to be involved in taking Brooke and Holly to ballet into gymnastics and to cheerleading practice and to girl scouts and to church. And like, I'm doing all this on my own. Like, yeah, you are providing all those things, but I'm living like a single mom. And I'm like, wow, that, that kind of hurt, you know, and I started thinking about that. And what I had done was spent all the energy I had on building businesses. And I say this with the greatest amount of humility. I don't mean this boastful in any sense, but we've started 14 businesses over a 44-year career. And that takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time. But what I was doing was I was way out of balance. I hadn't prioritized my priorities and what you really need to do is say, what is it in life that's really important? Like, is your family important? If it is, you need to guard that time. Uh, is things and activities in your community important? Are your children important? We say it is, Josh. We say, man, I want to work so I can spend more time with my family. But the truth is we're not spending much time with our family, and we keep moving the bar. It's like, well, I just want to make a little more money. I want to open up a new store. You know, I want to do whatever it is. You fill in the blank. We keep moving the bar. I had a guy joined our mastermind recently and got a very successful company. And he told me he wanted to double. And I said, why do you want to double? He said, well, I'm a very aspirational guy. And I said, well, that's great. And I want you to do well also, but why do you want to double? And he said, uh, well, I, I don't really know. I don't understand your question. And I said, how's your life going to be different? 
as a result of doubling your business. He said, well, I don't really need any more money. And I said, you know, there's relationship capital that's going to have to be invested in this process because you don't double your business without more effort, energy, or expenses. He said, you know, I really, I really hadn't thought about that. And so we began to break it down. And he said, I live a really good life now. Uh, but he was allowing the goal of doubling his business to cloud his vision on what really was important. And for us, our number one core values, relationships matter most. And I want you to grow your business and I want you to do well, but I want you to have a why. Like, is it you're wanting to give more money away? Is it you're trying to start some charitable foundation? Is it that you, whatever it is, like, what is the reason? And there's not a bad reason necessarily for wanting to make more money, but if it's not going to change your lifestyle and you have no inclinations to giving money away or being charitable or like, what is the purpose? Is it just to feed your ego and your pride? I mean, what is the reason that you're trying to grow your business to a higher level. So I just want to encourage the audience out there today to really think through that, to really think what it is that you're trying to do and why. And Josh, that's where it had kind of run off in the ditch for me. My sole focus was bigger business, more money, bigger vacation home, nicer house, all these tangible possessions. And then in 2001, I got my bell rocked by running over and killing a pedestrian on my way to the office. And it was a real wake up call for me. And I had to sit back and do a personal assessment and say, man, what is it that's really important? Like I'm chasing money, building bigger businesses, but I'm doing it at the expense of my own family. And that's the reason that we have these masterminds today is to help you grow personally, professionally, spiritually, relationally, uh, physically, financially, every area of your life, we really want you to level up and pay attention. And so that's not, that's why it's not just strictly focused on business. That's why it's not strictly just focused on your personal development, because we have to be in some semblance of order in every area of our life. If we're going to be totally fulfilled. I agree, man. Do that story about, um, kind of where your bell got rocked, you know, that, that sounds like that would be a, a tragedy and a tra traumatic experience to work through. Yeah, no, it was, it took me five years to work through that. Um, you don't kill somebody and just get over it, right? God gives you the grace to learn to deal with it, but it took me about five years. It wasn't my fault. He just didn't see me. He ran out in front of me to catch a bus. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't speeding. I wasn't distracted. He just ran out in front of me. Guy was 77 years old. We found out later that he just couldn't see well, but you know, nevertheless, he was somebody's husband, somebody's dad, right? Uh, somebody's brother. I mean, he was a great guy. I didn't obviously know him, but from what I heard, he was a great guy. He just couldn't see well. And I had to work through that. I even sold the business, right? I, I says like, man, I got to take a break. And I sold the business and we took about five years off and kind of worked through that. And the mastermind group helped me work through it. Other relationships that I had, I don't know where I would have been had I not invested in all these relationships. Right. I probably would still be in a fetal position under my desk somewhere. You know, it's like, man, you need people around you. You need trusted advisors. You need people to walk through these trying times with you, but you also need people to celebrate with you. And if you don't, do life with people. You don't have trusted advisors. Like I want you to ask yourself this question today, as you're hearing this interview is like, who are my trusted advisors? Like who are the people that I'm counting on to help me make decisions in life? 
whether it be about my marriage or me being a father or, you know, or a mother, ever who's listening to this today, it's like, like, who are my people? And if you're not willing to invest the time like I've been able to do over the course of the past two decades, I don't know what I would have done if I'd had to gone through that alone. But then helping me make decisions today, real life experiences, like we just went through a pandemic. Like I was needing people to help me make decisions hourly, not daily. Like I had to make big decisions hourly. We'd never been through a pandemic, right? There's other things that are going to come down the pike and you're going to have relationship tragedies. You're going to have financial devastation. You're, you're, you're the parent of this child at this age for the first time. And like, you've never been here before. And it's like, man, I need to talk to other people that can help me. Or you're trying to scale your business or you're trying to work through a marital situation. It's like Robin and I will celebrate 43 years of marriage this June. Well, I've never been married 43 <laughs> years before. I don't know what that's going to offer up. And I need people around me that can guide me and direct me because we're designed to be in community. We're not designed to live a life alone. And that's why I'm so passionate about being involved in community accountability groups, masterminds, because we don't know what we don't know and we need other people's perspective to help us live to the fullest. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly, man. I know that without the people that are in my life that I, I'm, you know, just the other day, it was a small situation in the grand scope, you know, the grand scheme of things, but it was a relational struggle that I just sure. needed some perspective on it. And I reached out to a couple yeah. people, told them what's going on. And the one guy basically told me to get my head out my rear, you know, and that's what I needed to hear. <laughs> Man, I've been told that so many times, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, hey, here's the thing. You've got one life experience. You've got one set of filters. You've got one set of parents. You've lived in a geographic location. Even if you wanted to see it differently, you couldn't. And so you need people around you that you trust, that have walked that path before, so that they can help you, enlighten you, give you this insight, give you this perspective, and you're like, man, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I didn't even know to know that. And then you need people to loan you their courage. We have upper limit challenges. I don't know about you, Josh, but I got these voices in my head sometimes. It's like, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You know, you're not whatever. And I'm like, man, is that true? Is that like, am I an imposter? Am I dealing with the imposter syndrome? No, we have these upper limit challenges and we've got to push through those. And you need people around you to hold your arms up when you're tired. Sometimes you need people around you that can go, no, Josh, you got this. You can do it. I know you're tired right now. You don't really understand. Like, come on, you got this. It's like I work out two or three days a week at the gym and I hired a trainer to help me. And I'm not all that big, but when I'm on that bench and I've got that bar and I've got seven reps and he wants me to do 10, if I was there by myself, a little bit of resistance, I'd put it on the rack. But when that trainer's leaning over and he's looking at me and upside down because <laughs> I'm on that bench and he's going, come on, big A, you got it. Come on, man. Come on. And I'm like, you're dead gum right. And I get eight. And then I, I'm like, I'm going to rack. No, no, no. We got two more. Well, see, what he's done is help me tear that muscle down because if I don't stretch that muscle, if I don't tear it down, it's not going to get larger. It's not going to build. That's the same way in life. Anytime that we can take the path of least resistance when there's no accountability, no one's asking, no one's looking, no one's encouraging you, it's just human nature to take that path. And, man, I want people metaphorically speaking, looking over me going, come on, big A, you got this. 
push, man, you can do this. Well, there's no question that what little bit of success I've had in life is a direct result of those people cheering me on. And people that don't have that, they don't know what they're missing until they get involved and then they see. It can make us better people. It can push us to heights we've never been. Aaron, as I'm listening to you and as I've been kind of looking at your story and the successes that you've experienced throughout your life, you know, a lot of our listeners are in that, you know, 18 to 24 demographic. And uh, I'm thinking of a couple guys that I know. One guy who is, you know, he's 21. He he got his first real job in retail. And I mean, for this area, he's making good money for what it is, but now inflation's hit everything else. And he's like, he's very unfulfilled. He's very talented. He's very Mm. sharp. He can do some amazing Mm. things. And he doesn't, he's like, I'm, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to, what, what kind of advice would you give a guy like that? Yeah, man, he needs to get in community as fast as possible with people that are competent, capable, uh, people that maybe have lived life a little bit ahead of him, people that have started businesses. He needs to go and search out mentors. He needs to get involved in community groups. He needs to get in a mastermind group. He needs to get people around him that can give this level of encouragement that I'm talking about. You know, when I was 15 years old, I decided that I wanted to do a pawn shop. I wanted to own my own pawn shop because that's where I worked at a local pawn shop. And uh, I didn't have any money. I was broker than a convict. I was like, there's no way I could do this on my own. But I had this fire burning deep within me that I wanted better. I wanted more out of life. And so I went to summer school and night school for 18 months. And I was able to graduate the beginning of my junior year in high school. People were like, why did you do that? Because it takes hard work to accomplish things. And people were saying, you're going to miss out. You're not going to play football and basketball. And I'm like, hey, that's good. But you know what? I'm going to have a career. And so I put all my effort and time and energy in there. I'd get up at 7 in the morning. I'd go to school. I'd get out at 9 o'clock. I would go to work. I would get off at 5 o'clock. I would go to night school. I would come home at 10 o'clock and study till midnight. And I'd get up and do it all over again the next day. I did that for 18 months so I could graduate. And people are like, you've lost your mind. No, I had a desire. I had a goal. I had a vision. And that's what I tell young people today, man, get your butt off the couch, put the video games down, get people around you that are mentors, people that have aspirational goals, man, grit, determination, and perseverance will take you places you've never been before. You've got to get singularly focused. And when you do that and you put your eye on the prize, you know exactly what you want. You say no to all these other things, and you say, I'm going to accomplish that. People have laughed at me my whole career. They've said, man, you can't do that. You don't even have a college diploma. I said, no, but I got a lot of determination and perseverance. And they say, you can't do it. I said, you stand right over there. I'm about to show you how I'm going to do this. I didn't listen to the naysayers. I got those people out of my life. I don't want people in my inner circle that are naysayers. I want people that's going to tell me the truth. I want people that's going to encourage me, that believes in me, that's going to help me accomplish my goals and dream. And that is exactly what I would say to this young man that's 21 years old. Dial into something that you want to do, something that is your zone of genius. Not that you're competent at. We can do a lot of things. That don't mean that it gives you energy. If it gives you energy and you're excited about it, that's the place you want to put your time, effort, and energy. Enlist people my age 
people that are a little younger than me and say, hey, I know I'm young and dumb and I want to grow, right? Subject yourself to their scrutiny. Walk up to them and say, I want a mentor. I need somebody to help me. I want to crush it. There's people my age today with plenty money that are looking for young men to invest in. I had a buddy of mine sold his business recently for $10 million. He built his business for 23 years. He sold it to McKesson, 15th largest company in the world. And uh, he had all this money. And we went out one day for coffee and we were talking. And I said, hey, man, what are you doing with all that money? And he said, man, I'm looking to invest it. He said, you know what the biggest tragedy is? I said, what? He goes, I want to invest it in people and I can't find anybody that's willing to work. And I'm like, man, that is so sad. He said, all they want to do is have time off. They want to play video games. They want to screw around. They don't want to put energy. I'm looking for somebody with that kind of determination like you and I had when we were young. Where are those people? And when that person rises up, they're going to have more resources and more opportunities than they ever thought possible. Guys out there my age are looking to invest in guys like that. And I promise you, if you'll focus you can have success and significance like you've never thought possible. And I think when we look at the, what we talked about earlier, that balance so that you're not destroying your home life, you know, you, you may look at the building time as a season, you know, it's a short time that you're going to hustle all in all hours so that, so that sure. later you don't it's have a season. to, you know, it's a season. Dave Ramsey says work like no one else today. So later you can live like no one else. And I've been able to accomplish that because I have worked really hard in seasons of my life. And I go to Robin and I'd say, Hey, this is a season right now. Like I'm going to have to bust it. Like, I mean, I'm really going to have to bust it. And she said, long as it's not the pattern of your life, I'm with you. But once you get into that and it's a rut and I'm not up for that and I'm like, Hey, we got to crush it. We got to work. We got to really put the effort out while we're young so that when we get our age, I can do like I do today. And so, um, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying you've got to work hard and you've got to have disciplines and you've got to have that determination. You've got to set your focus and you've got to be accountable to somebody and you've got to have people that lock arms with you, that walk that journey with you, that help you and keep you on track. Ah, hate to work out. I'm just saying it straight up. I hate going to the gym worse than anything, right? But I know that I've got accountability there because I pay a trainer. Like I don't need him to tell me what I need to do. I know what I need to do, but I pay money for him to be there and I'm not going to not go because I'm paying him money. And so I go, well, I dread it every single time. I hate going up there, but every time I leave, I feel better. Right. And I've lost a little bit of weight and I feel toned up now and I'm 62 and I'm like, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy for my grandkids. I'm taking my grandson out fishing this afternoon. Right. It's because I'm able, I'm healthy. I'm trying to take care of myself. Well, that's the same thing with anything that you're having trouble with. Subject yourself to these people. Say, hold me accountable. Call me out. Don't allow me not to do these things. And then you wake up one day after you've done this thing consistently, day in and day out, and you go, dude, I'm having a little bit of success. Listen, Josh, I see it every single day. I have 150 men in our organization, and I see the guys that are crushing it, and it's the guys that have no excuses, right? That's our third core value, no excuse. I hate excuses. Like, don't give me an excuse. My team knows when I tell them to do something, they can't come back with an excuse. They can come back with a different option. They can come back and say, I think this would work better. 
Our fourth core value is everything is figure outable. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. We're going to figure it out. Don't come and tell me we can't do it. Let's figure out how we can do it, right? Get the naysayers out, right? Relationships matter most. That's our number one core value. Everything we do is relationships matter most. The person matters. I don't care if you're selling a widget or providing a service. Man, you better be paying attention to that customer. I want to make it amazing. I don't want to settle for mediocrity. I don't want that. I brought home a C on my report card once, Josh, and uh, my mom said, never again. I said, what do you mean? Judy Bell, English, seventh grade. It's hard. And she said, uh, C is average. And I said, what's wrong with average? She goes, that means you're just as close to the bottom as you are the top. And you're better than average. Don't bring home a C again. And that instilled in me. I was pissed off, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, it instilled in me like, okay, I'll show you. I'll show you. And I ramped it up. You know what? It took more effort. It took more work to do that. And then finally, for me, our last core value is truth before opinion. Man, we got to stand for something. I'm a Christian by faith. And so for me, truth is God's word. And I've run everything through that filter. And then I want to hear your opinion, right? But I first run it through truth. Today, no one stands for anything. They don't have a stake in the ground. They don't have a straight edge, right? We we don't know if something's crooked if we don't have something to compare it to that's straight. And so for me as a Christian, it's God's word. And so I don't know what it is for you, but we all need to have truth in our lives. And when you establish those core values, you can run every decision that you make through those core values and decide whether you're going to do it or not. And once you live proactively instead of reactively, your life's going to change forever. Yeah. I have seen that in my own life as well, man, that when you are living in that reactive state, it's, you just run around ticked off all the time. Nothing changes, you know? And, mm-hmm. and when you're proactive and you're putting the time in, I got a question for you, Aaron, what is some of the most challenging advice that you've ever been given in a mastermind setting? What's the hardest thing you've had to hear? You know, there's all kind of levels. Uh, the, the hardest thing for us to really deal with is broken relationships. Uh, everyone wants to position themselves to win. And, uh, Sometimes you've got to go, you know what? I could be wrong. Uh, It could be a situation to where I'm not viewing it properly. Maybe I'm being selfish. Maybe I'm prideful. Maybe I have ego. There's got to be a lot of humility uh, with being involved in a very deep relationship, whether it's your spouse or your girlfriend. Uh, There needs to be a servant leader. Uh, That's what we need. You know, I went to Robin once in... uh, we were talking about this very topic and I was guilty of wanting her to notice things that I had done and I would invariably point it out. And so, uh, one time she had gone on a trip and, uh, when she came back, I had cleaned the house up. It looked like a museum. Like, I mean, dusted, vacuumed, made the beds up real pretty, put the laundry up. I mean, it was like a museum. And she walked in, kissed me, hugged me, opened her luggage up, took everything out, you know, and I thought, well, in a minute, she'll say something. And then uh, she went in, took a shower, got ready for bed. She came out and I thought, well, she'll say something now. And she didn't. And I was sulking 
I was like, dude, I worked all day cleaning this house up. She didn't say anything. And she looked at me and she goes, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing. She goes, I know better. What, what's happened? And I said, uh, Robin, I said, the house looks like a museum. It normally does anyway. She's a great, uh, takes care of the house really good, but, but it was exceptional. And I said, you didn't say a word about it. And she said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, okay. She said, did you clean up the house because I needed the help or did you clean up the house to be noticed? I said, dang, you got to ask them hard questions, don't you? I said, the truth is I wanted you to notice it. She said, you know, if you would help me with the right motivation, I probably would notice it more. Well, see, that's the way life is. We got to do things with the right motivation. We, we've got to have our heart set in the right direction. We, we've got to want to make money for the right purpose. There's got to be a reason that we're trying to accomplish that. Other areas of my life, I've been selfish in nature too. And Robin said, if you would focus on me and serve me like you're supposed to, you might be surprised what might happen for you. And that is so true. And so today I try to do things without the wrong motivation. See, that's the way it is in business. That's the way it is in life. That's the way it is as being a man, uh, a husband, a dad. Uh, we've got to deal with relationships like the other person is far more important than us. And I would have to say, Josh, to answer your question, the hardest thing that we deal with are broken relationships. Yeah. What, what advice would you give? I mean, I know you've just given some great advice for that, but what's some other advice that you would give to somebody who's in that situation? His marriage has fallen apart. He's, she's yeah. one foot out the door. You know, how do you help that guy? Yeah. Here's what we do invariably. Uh, and I wasn't, really good at this early on when I was a young guy, cause I was selfish and I wanted things that I wanted and I wanted satisfaction and gratification. Uh, I wanted Robin to respond and react in certain ways. And what the irony of our marriages is we fall in love with somebody because of who they are and we get married and we spend the remainder of our marriage trying to change them into what we want, right? We need to respect our spouse not saying that they can't change. There's areas in Robin's life that she's had to mature. There's areas in my life I've had to grow, right? And we respect one another. We love each other unconditionally to a point of helping them resolve and work through situations for the betterment of the relationship. Here's the thing I would say. I'm a salesman. I've been a salesman my entire life, and I'm a good salesman. Uh, I could twist Robin in an argument and make her apologize to me for something that I had done. I could do that because I'm a good salesman. And I used to argue to win every time I wanted to win because I love to win. And so now though we fight for resolution, we don't fight to win. And so I think if your objective is to make the relationship better, we're gonna argue. And me and Robin have some good ones. I mean, some good ones but it's for resolution. It's not to win. So that's the best advice that I could give young couples today. If you're going to have a disagreement, do it for the benefit of the relationship and not to win. Yeah. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be married? Right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Aaron, I, I have a couple other questions that I like to ask all my guests and, and I think sure. you, you'll have some really good insight on this. What do you think it takes to be a man? You know, it's a summary of really what we've already talked about, Josh. I think first and foremost, uh, 
real men are compassionate. Real men are humble. Uh, real men are caring. Uh, a lot of people think of rough, tough, you know, big, muscular, loud, outspoken. And the truth is that's not really a man. That's someone that has low self-esteem that is really trying to uh, display a sense of arrogance and cockiness uh, to garner attention because they can't get it any other way. And so for me, um, a real man is someone that deeply cares about his family, that's willing to put himself second, uh, that's willing to lead well, uh, take a position of leadership, uh, not to be an authority, uh, not someone that wants it their way, but someone that deeply cares for their family and they want best for them. And so I would just suggest that you be an unbelievable servant leader to the people that God has entrusted with you. And if you'll do that, you'll garner respect and not fear uh, from those that love you the most. Aaron, if you were to run into the 10 year old version of yourself, what do you want him to know? Yeah, I would say first and foremost to adopt the mindset of relationships matter most. Uh, the first decade or two of my career, it was all about generating wealth, more income. Uh, I was so focused on tangible possessions that uh, I set the relationships aside. And I wish someone had taught me at 10 years old that uh, it's, it's really about the relationship. See, money is a tool that we can live our life with, and most people worship it. Most people are just on a quest to get more. And if you could figure out the lifestyle that you want to live and understand that money is a tool to help you get there, rather than working for the accumulation of more wealth, uh, I think you would be far better served. So that's what I wish someone had taught me when I was 10 Yeah, relationships matter most. When you're talking about money there, I think about this a lot. With, we think about and we use the word greedy when we picture someone who's got a lot of money and wants more. But mm. it's also the person who doesn't have anything. And like both of them are focused on the money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's that. I think it's, it's a matter of the heart. A lot of people that I, I get an opportunity to travel around the country and speak and do podcast interviews. And I've written a couple of books and we talk about this just a little bit is a lot of people oftentimes that don't have resources. They'll say, well, yeah, if I had plenty of money, I would give to this charitable organization and I would give money to my church and I would do these things. And I simply contend you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that because, see, money doesn't change the heart. It magnifies what's already there. And if you're not doing it at a percentage level, at the scale that you can afford today, you certainly wouldn't do it if you had great wealth because it's a lot harder to give away $100,000 than it is $100. And if you're not helping people to the level that I'm talking about today with whatever resources that you've got, you wouldn't do it if you were a multimillionaire. So just take note of your own self, do a personal assessment and say, are you helping orphans now? Are you giving to your local community? Are you giving to your church? Are you being generous with the resources that you currently have? And I just contend you wouldn't if you had plenty more. It's all a matter of the heart. Yeah, I uh, just heard a podcast recently 
on uh, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast, and he interviewed a lady, and I can't remember her last name, but her first name's Natasha. And she was living in a hostel with her son and had no money. She was broke, and somebody, like, her, her life was just a wreck, you know? And this guy walked up to her and asked her if she would sponsor a child for 30 bucks a month. And she said, yes. And she didn't have 30 bucks to sponsor her own child. But that act of, mm. of saying, I'm going to do this act of charity, I'm going to do this act of kindness, yeah. completely transformed yeah. her life. Because she worked so hard after that to make sure she could. Yeah. Mm. See, that's what I'm saying. She had a great heart. Yeah. Right. And so oftentimes we've just got to evaluate that, see where we're at. How do you get a better heart if your heart's not where you want it? Yeah, well, the obvious answer for me uh, would be to share, not to preach sure. a sermon today, but uh, the Bible is full of opportunities to grow. And so if you're not a person of faith, I would direct you and guide you toward Christianity. I would encourage you to get the Bible and read it. Um, you can start in the New Testament and read Matthew all the way through. Uh, Proverbs, uh, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. You can read one every single day. lot of life lessons in there that will equip you to better live your life and to strengthen and mold your heart. I agree. For me, you know, the, the Bible has radically transformed my life, and it's a spiritual relationship. I think a lot about the fact that I, there are people that I know that just don't believe in the spiritual part of it, and... I still think that you can even approach the Bible that way and it still has benefit. You know, you can, you can approach the Bible and say, okay, I don't believe in the mumbo jumbo, but what lessons can I learn from this that I can apply to my life? Yeah. 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 It's the best guidebook ever yeah. written and it has stood the test of time. And, and we believe that the spiritual stuff is real. So you can call us crazy if you want. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. For me, it's completely real. Yeah. So uh, the other question that I like to ask is, what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? You know, oftentimes we don't do things because we're afraid. There, there's a fear. There's an underlying fear. You know, it won't work. I won't be successful. It may not work out exactly like I want. And it keeps us from really achieving great success and I always say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And I couldn't lay in bed at night, Josh, and think, would it work? I couldn't do that. That would kill me. And a lot of people are so confused and they're so afraid that someone is going to say, man, did you hear about Josh Hatcher? He tried this thing and it just didn't work. People are not doing that. Like we're not sitting around the dinner table talking about anybody's success or their failure. Yet we let it paralyze us. And so I just want to encourage you today that there's a certain amount of risk that you have to take in order to be successful, right? Where there is no risk, there is no great gain. And so go out there and try it. It may not work out exactly like you had intended. It may not work exactly like you'd planned initially, but you're going to learn so much. I used to tell my girls, they would say, Dad, I'm afraid I won't make the basketball team. I'm afraid that I won't be successful at this. And I say, one thing's for sure. If you don't try it, you're never going to be successful at it. And for me, not trying it is the failure. If you do something and you don't succeed, that's not failure. You've learned a way for it not to happen. Tweak it, modify it, adjust it, and go back at it. Uh, 
I just don't believe in failure. So I would say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. Excellent advice. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit more, Aaron, about the iron sharpens iron that you mm. that you're doing? What what is what does this structure look like? We've talked a little bit about it, but maybe give me some more details. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we meet virtually. Uh, there's groups of ten men, and they meet on Zoom every week, say Monday at two o'clock. Twice a year, we get together in person at my expense. All the members got to do is get to Nashville or whatever location we're having it, and I pay for the hotel, and I pay for all the food, the speakers. I pay for everything, so you just got to get there. We usually have 100 to 150 guys attending those live events. And then every single week, we have developed a strategy called Come As You Will Be, and we present with you Five key areas of your life that you choose aspirational goals. We develop a plan and a strategy to help you accomplish that with huge levels of accountability. You build a network of people. You get to know everybody in the whole organization. We've really built more of a movement uh, than anything. It's a brotherhood, quite honestly. And it's guys that are investing in one another. They're mentoring. They're coaching. They're buying property together. Uh, they're forging businesses they're going on vacation together. I mean, it is unbelievable the camaraderie that this group of men have. If this sounds like something that maybe could take you to the next level, no commitment by forging uh, the opportunity to complete an application, but you can go to viewfromthetop.com, viewfromthetop.com, and fill out an application. And I would love to have an opportunity to talk to your audience let them complete the application and say, hey, do you think I would be a good fit? Is it something that you think I could grow as a man, uh, grow my business, really level up in these five areas? Do you think that you could help me do that? And so reach out to me and let's have a conversation and see if we can help you. There's no obligation because you fill out the application, but it'll at least give us an opportunity to meet to see if we could help you. And I would love for you to apply today. So go to viewfromthetop.com. Aaron. I want to ask you this too, because I've I've seen that your brand, you know, your domain is a view from the top. What does that signify? What does that mean to you? Somebody asked me that one time. They said, "Why did you call it view from the top?" I said, "Because nobody wants a view from the bottom, right? We all have to identify what our view from the top is." And there's people that have aspirations in so many different areas. And if that is your view from the top, we're going to help you accomplish that. It all looks different. We don't do comparisons. It's not about identifying what Josh wants or what Big A wants. It's about what you want. And we want to help you identify that so that you can live your life to its maximum. Listen, this is not a trial run. Like, this is our life. Like, right now, today, we can never get back this moment. And I want you to look at every moment that way so that you maximize your time. I don't want to lay there, Josh, one day in my deathbed and go, man, I wished I had done this. I wished I had spent more time. I wish that I had been. I don't want to do that. No regrets is what I want, right? I want to look back and go, you know what? I left it all on the field. I squeezed every drop out of the towel. I gave it everything I had. There was nothing else that I could have done that I didn't do. And then I'm like, okay, lay me parallel and I'll see you on the other side. But on this side, I want to maximize it. And we've been able to do that now my entire career because it's our disposition, it's our attitude, it's our mindset that we want to maximize life. And I want to help your audience do the same. So, hey, 
reach out to me. Let's see if we can help you as well. Awesome. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate you and the work you're doing, man. Thanks, Josh. Have a good one, buddy. Sounds we'll good. see thank you. Thank you. Yes, Aaron. Th- Aaron, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate your insight on things. I appreciate that you always have uh, a perspective that is common sense and helpful and thoughtful, and you're doing good work, man. I really appreciate you. Guys, again, don't forget to check out the Manlyhood Man Cave on Facebook. I'd love to have you there. I'd love to have you be a part of things, and uh, I think you've got a lot to offer. We're trying to do something pretty special here in the months leading up to May, because in May we hit our 10-year anniversary at Manlyhood, and when we hit that, I want to I want to be able to say that we have reached a lot of men. For that to happen, you've got to help me spread the word. So if you appreciated this episode, share it with a friend. Uh, let's see if we can get the word out, guys. Hey, I love you guys. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.